Hi, uh, I'm Andrew Baxter. I am the founder of the 24-Hour Business Plan. Uh, it was a business set up only a year or so ago. Uh, through the midst of COVID, we had a lot of people asking me, um, could I help them look at their, their strategic plan or their business plan? Uh, I was surprised how many people don't have a business plan. Uh, four out of five Australian small to medium sized companies don't have one. Uh, I was very lucky to run some of the large uh, uh, you know, uh, communication groups in Australia. I saw a lot of companies who uh, had done this well and not so well. I saw a lot of our own companies in the businesses I worked in who'd done it well and not so well. So uh, I, I call this my accidental business. I had no intention of setting it up, but uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So over the past two years, we've seen so much change. Uh, COVID has impacted business. Uh, that in effect has you know impacted supply chain, which has impacted industries and consumers. We've had issues around the world uh, in terms of uh, equity relations. But we've also been told that with change and with challenge comes opportunity. I'm curious, what do you see from where you're sitting as new opportunities for brands as they're looking to accelerate their growth over the next few years? Yeah, look, I think first and foremost, this whole change piece is interesting. One of the studies I saw that goes back to the last decade is that habits form in 66 days. So if you think about that, there's there's been some misnomers about, you know, is it seven days, 21 days? You know, people go on diets and they think they can do it for three weeks. Uh, but the research says it's 66 days. Now, many people around the world have been in at least one, if not two, and some have been in three lockdowns for longer than 66 days each time. And therefore, new habits form with consumers in that time. And I think if I put my old marketing hat on, one of the things I talk about uh, when I'm we're going through these business planning processes is to say to people, well, well, have your consumers changed? And often the answer is yes. And then I say, do you want that? Is that change good? Because if that change is good, that they might have switched to buying more online and that means you make some more money or more margin or it means that, you know, people are buying at a supermarket more often. Uh, if that's good for your business, then keep pushing and keep, um, uh, I suppose, compounding in a good way that change. But a lot of people, for a lot of businesses in a lot of categories, that change hasn't been good. And therefore, they need to almost reverse that change in the consumer. So that's a tough thing to do is to uh, think about it that way to go, well, you know, if we want to change things back to how they were, uh, where we were doing really well as a business, how do we turn that around? Uh, you know, what do we need to do from a business point of view to change that? Uh, whether that be from a distribution point of view, it might be from a sales point of view or marketing point of view. Um, so that's, that I think is the first thing for me is that there's a lot of change. I mean, clearly we've had a big change towards digital um, people, but online shopping, I think there was, just, you know, there was a lot of younger people that were very au fait and, and, you know, were certainly buying a lot online already. Uh, I think the older audience uh, realized that it wasn't so hard. And uh, we saw lots of change going on there, which was terrific. Uh, so, so I think, you know, that, those were some of the biggest changes. Um, I, I think, you know, 
you know, one of my roles uh, outside of my 24-hour business plan is as chairman of Australian Pork. Uh, we certainly saw the sales of pork go up. And uh, what we saw was that, you know, all of a sudden people were rushing the supermarket shelves for beef and lamb and chicken and all of a sudden they've, uh, you know, some things were left that they may not already normally buy and, and pork might have been one of those. They were very willing very quickly to try things and and, and a lot of companies move quite quickly. We certainly advertised a lot of easy-to-use pork recipes very quickly and people seem to come back. So it's those sorts of little changes that I think people need to promote, um, uh, you know, through 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 that. You talked uh, earlier about people doing more shopping on online, you know, the growth of e-commerce. You speak about, you know, your work with uh, Australian pork. Are there specific industries that you think are poised for explosion, explosive growth over the next little while as a result of everything that we've been through over the past couple of years? Oh, look, I think there's some that grew through COVID and will continue to grow quite well. I mean, the, the food industry, you know, had probably struggled a little bit leading into COVID, um, particularly some of the package, the large uh, package goods companies. They certainly saw a, a huge amount of growth. I think they're poised to do a lot more product development and uh, new, new product development. You know, now that they've got ahead of the curve a little bit, I, I'm expecting... Um, you know, people in those large corporations to be trying more things. I think we certainly are seeing a shift toward, uh, in a good way, the environmental and climate-friendly uh, production of food uh, around the world. And you're seeing large companies, not like the Nestle's, moving into that space fairly rapidly, uh, which is terrific. Um, so I think then there's the there's a lot of other companies that will you know, come back out. I mean, they, they sort of almost, their sales dropped off immediately. You know, the travel the travel and tourism industry, you know, got hit really hard. But we're seeing just this week in Australia, this is the first holidays really in a couple of years where people are confident enough to travel. Well, the airports are jam-packed. It's taking two, two people two hours to get through security. Um, you know, there's certainly not as many planes back on as there were. Uh, there's certainly... Um, those industries are affected by getting staff um, in terms of, you know, it, it's tough just to get enough people um, to, to, you know, to have on the plane, whether they be pilots or stewards or whether the security people have got enough, you know, enough of their team members. So I think we're still seeing quite a big um, people shortage in many, many industries. Uh, you know, we, we don't have that transient uh, workforce that exists uh, usually when you've got people traveling around the world, backpackers coming in and out, you know, people coming in and wanting to live in a country for six months and then going home again. I mean, that hasn't happened for a couple of years. So that, that additional workforce isn't here and that's affecting many industries, including the food industry as well. Um, so, so I think there's some of the big ones, but look, I'm certainly expecting that travel and tourism industry to bounce back. People are looking for a break. People are looking for a holiday. Um you know, I think I think the university sector was interesting when you think, you know, that went to a, almost a complete online for almost a couple of years. And, uh, and you know, young students, they quite like that on-campus experience, you know, first, second year university, that's a big part of, you know, growing up. And so a lot of them are wanting to get back on campus now. But, but, but I think the unis thought um, that there'd be a lot 
uh, you know, certainly they were hit quite hard in the year one, but I think a lot of people came back, you know, it was still a good education. So that industry seemed to uh, seem to bounce back reasonably well. And then, look, I'm just thinking, I mean, other, you know, certainly people spending a lot more time at their home, you know, the old DIY, um, you know, wanting to do things and, uh, and update their home, you know, into their gardens and things like that. You know, when people had more time at home, they got into some of those good habits as well. So, yeah, it is interesting. Um, you know, we're still seeing when we're going through the 24-hour business plan, I think we've done that in the last 12 months for over 12 industries. And, uh, you know, even things like the construction market, you know, again, was quite affected by having people on the ground and being able to be on site to build. But there still seems to be a lot of confidence out there, both in residential and commercial uh, real estate as well. So, yeah, look, it's, it's that's a wide spectrum of different industries I've chatted about. But, um, you know, there's, there, many of them have been through their ups and many of them have been through their downs, if that makes sense over time. Yeah. When you're speaking with your clients, how do you how how do you help them plan for change that they don't know is coming? And what I mean by that is nobody saw, you know, that COVID was going to happen in the middle of March, two thousand and twenty, uh, and what that would mean for the entire supply chain, what that would mean for health, and what it would mean for industries like. Uh, food or uh, travel. How are companies planning? How are you uh, helping companies plan for these events that are really hard to plan for? They are hard to plan for. One of the exercises we do right up front of our sessions, uh, without we before we even get into it, it's almost a bit like an icebreaker type session. Uh, we say to people, "Look, imagine it's the end of year party in three or four years' time." And things have gone extraordinarily well and you're on the back of a big boat on the Mediterranean, you're popping champagne corks, the world's incredible, it's been the most successful three or four years your company's ever had, what's happened? And very quickly people come back with quite unstructured answers. Oh, well, we hired some great talent and we won three major clients and, you know, we we increased our prices or whatever it might have been. I then asked them the opposite. Look, it's four years' time. We're standing around the kitchen eating dry biscuits and having a cup of tea for our Christmas party or for our interview party. Hasn't been so good. What happened? And then, you know, all of a sudden they all start thinking through what some of the biggest things that might affect them are. Um, I think sometimes when we get a, a lot more structured in our thinking, we, we don't widen our thinking too much. But when you, you put it out there like that um, and we get all sorts of answers on that second one, oh, well, geez, you know, supply chain might be worse than it is now or there might be a second pandemic and this is what would happen or there might be, you know, X, Y, Z. So all of a sudden you're just framing it up in a quite an open way to enable them to think outside the box. Um, and that that we find is quite interesting. I mean, it's very hard. We do very much get them on a three- to five-year horizon. We're trying to make them visualise what success looks like in that time. Um, you know, we work through a framework that, that that enables you to tell your strategy to everybody in your team and externally in a storytelling way because often, you know, I mean, every a lot of companies have purposes and visions and they have statements about their culture and their values and their behaviours. 
but often people can't remember them. I, I, I say that, you know, unless you're a very good actor or actress, you can't remember more than 10 words in one sentence. So, so sometimes we get very worthy and write these 25 word statements that no one can remember past the sixth word. So vision, you know, using that sort of technique, short and sharp to be going, well, what does our business stand for over the next three to five years? Uh, who are our customers over the next three to five years? Are they the same customers as, we, as we've got now? Are they different customers? With those customers, what might they need from us as a business over the next three to five years? What And are those needs different to now, which means we might have to tweak our product or service or we need to add some more services or products to our portfolio. So it's just thinking through that extension. Um, we very much get people, as I said, onto that three to five-year horizon uh, through a lot of those sorts of things, you know, why are we different? You know, why are we going to be different over the next three to five years? And we spend a couple of sessions, two, two six-hour sessions, working through all of that. What does our growth plan look like? You know, if we want to double our business, what options do we have? If business as usual is only going to get us a third of the way there, where's the other two-thirds coming from? So it, it's quite an interesting process. As soon as we land on some agreement around a lot of those things, we then get back into executional mode for the second two sessions. We then go, okay, if that's our three to five-year plan, our strategy, our purpose, our vision, what our customers might need, why we're going to be different over that time, how we're going to tweak our products and services. Well, what do we need to do in the first 12 months to get us on that journey from a marketing point of view, business development, operations, our client relationships, our strategic partners, um, you know, our, our team, you know, our people, our culture. So, so then it gets quite granular. So we go from big, big thinking, visualizing success, being able to tell that what, what that strategy looks like as a story. And then we bring it right back to reality. What do we need to do? Uh, and it's fascinating. Uh, and people aren't quite sure, to your point, what all that might look like. But when you work through a process um, as a team, and I think that's really important when you do this, when you work through a process as a team, um, it really does align and focus you going forward. Yeah. Andrew, this has been fascinating. Thanks so much for for sharing. So, you know, sometimes you think about, you know, how do we plan for worst case scenario? doesn't mean it's going to happen. doesn't mean that there's going to be a worst case scenario, but I think it means that you are better prepared to handle some of those worst case scenarios. So thank you so much for, for sharing. I really appreciate it. This has been a very insightful discussion and thank you. No worries at all. Love doing it. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.